Hey everybody, welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast, and we have got an incredible interview for you, the perfect interview to, to end off Prison March. I'm Ryan, with me as always is Mark. This has felt very much like a prison march this month. <laughs> and Erica? Indeed, a true sentence that will finally come to an end and then we're free! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the shackles are coming off, everybody. Uh, but uh, not until we have this interview with Tom DeSimone, who is the writer-director of Reform School Girls, which we talked about last week on the show and is maybe the ultimate women in prison movie. We haven't watched all of the ones that New World has released. There's plenty left. We've left a lot. Here's the thing. If there was any movie that if someone were to say... What's a movie that I could watch that would kind of encapsulate all that is New World Pictures? I'd say Reform School Girls is at least in the top five. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 This is Followed a... up maybe by Cover Girl. <laughs> right. Ooh. Yes. This is a uh, bold letter New World Pictures movie. And not only did we talk to him about that movie, though, we also talked to him about Angel 3 the final chapter uh the the movie that is on my running top five (laughs) from last year everybody so check out the running top five in our worldies episode there's a lot of shit going down that you don't know about that is correct (laughs) that's what's gonna be in this episode there's gonna be a lot of shit going down (laughs) and you don't know about it but you're gonna know about it now because you got to listen to our interview with the very charming and wonderful Tom DeSimone. Oh, uh, we are so, so happy to meet you. Uh, big fans. Um, I'll just say, you know, I already mentioned in an email how much I love Hell Knight, but we do a running top five. We've been doing this for, this is our fourth year. We're on our fourth year now. Okay. And so every year we do a running top five. And uh, Angel 3 is in my top five uh, <laughs> as of last year because we talked about it. <laughs> So, uh, and, and we were talking about Reform School Girl this year, so that might change for all of our lists. Um, <laughs> talk about all of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but going back to your the beginning of your career, one of your your first mainstream films, Chatterbox, I hearing about that film and hearing about the the plot line, I thought, how is this not a New World Picture movie? It seems perfect for new world pictures particularly at that time it was corman and and i just thought that that would have been a perfect place and i'm so bummed that it it didn't get released by new world pictures yeah i am too um well what happened was you know erwin yablons was involved and he had his own release he had uh, compass i think it was called compass international because he did those um halloween pictures mm-hmm. so right. he was exec producer on this so he wasn't going to give it to somebody else so but you're right new world probably would have flown with it but uh it was an odd picture you know uh, when it was really when it was released it was they stuck it on a double bill with something like fly girls which was about you know wicked stewardesses or sexy oh, stewardesses. fly me that's that's uh yeah. sirio santiago from uh that, that that's his movie for new world yeah. pictures and Candace yeah. Ralston was in a ton of New World Pictures. So yeah, she did Hollywood Boulevard and uh, something else. I don't remember. Candy Stripe Nurses. She left too soon, unfortunately. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Did you ever like talk to Corman or ever have a meeting with New World Pictures back in oh, that period? No, when I went to, over to New World, he was already gone. You know, oh, um, yeah, I knew him 
I knew who he was for years. And, and a lot of people that I knew years ago that was like Francis Coppola and people like that, they got in with him, uh, mm -hmm. all got their start, you know, and they were lucky. Um, yeah, because uh, Francis Ford Coppola was like a year ahead of you in right. at, at, at UCLA, UCLA, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but we both did the uh, what they called the senior production, which they screened at Royce Hall. You know, every year they would do the one director would get to do what they called the senior production, which was a full production on a soundstage with sound. You know, everybody on the crew was students in their particular field, you know, and you got to do a sync sound and all that stuff. So uh, so he did the year before me and then I did right after, but I think they both screened on the same night at Rose Hall. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. And what I also think is interesting, your your backstory is that you've been wanting to make, you've been wanting to make films since you were very little. I and... started films when I was like about 10 or 11, eight millimeter. And I had editing equipment and, and I, I devised a way to have, uh, I didn't sync the sound, but I would make music tracks with a tape recorder and I would punch a little hole in one of the frames on the eight millimeter. So to be like, you know, the dot up mm -hmm, in the, mm -hmm. and then, and I, when I was recording music, I would tap the microphone with a pencil. So it would make a tiny little sound. And as I projected the film, I would watch for the dot and the, see how close, you know, how loose they were. And I would speed up the projector or slow it down. Wow. But it was just music, you know, but I would put background music on the films and stuff like that. But yeah, I used to use my family and friends and, uh, you know, um, early uh, Spielberg, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And your brother, of course, is in some of your later films as well, and also yeah. your early films. So, right. <laughs> um. So obviously we're also we to... follow, we subscribe a very similar to a similar formula because we keep this within the family for a podcast, you know, why, that's right. Why, why <laughs> would each one of us want to start a podcast on our own when we can recruit <laughs> friends and family and uh, spouses to be a part of it? You know, that's right. We work cheap. So that's, that, that that's works. Right. Out that's right. Well, I got my brother in Chatterbox to, to get him a SAG card. And, uh, and then, and then I used him in Angel, of course, he plays me. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I trying to I used him in a TV show and um I had cast him in Savage Streets, but then I left that production, but he stayed with it. So yeah. Yeah, you didn't get him in uh, reform school girls. I there was nothing for him. What, what could I do? It was only <laughs> one guy, you know, I mean two guys, the old doctor and the guy driving the truck. Every everybody else were women, so you know, yeah. didn't want to be dragged, so <laughs> you didn't want to get him to be that guy in the truck? No, no, I did he wouldn't have been right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just I mean I had you know, you have things in mind when you write something and I saw this kind of gangly, sleazy guy who who looked like mm -hmm. he would drive a truck with prisoners in it you know yeah mm -hmm. yeah um so when you made reform school girls this was your third women in prison movie and i know you were sort of disappointed with your first one prison girls oh, uh yeah. and, and then you sort of you were like a last minute sort of uh, addition to concrete jungle correct yes and prison girls too prison girls um i wasn't even in on the crew uh, i was it was a I won't. I don't know if you want to hear the story, but sure, of course, oh, absolutely. I, I used to, you know, I worked in the adult film industry, mm -hmm. and uh, my partner at the time, the fellow who was my partner, had a friend who was a film student, and he just graduated. And he called my friend Nick, and he said, "I just got hired to do this movie, 
And he said, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And he said, can you help me out? Or if I see, he said, well, Tom knows everything about making movies. So he, I would go by this, the production office and talk to him. And I showed him how to do a storyboard and, you know, break down and talk to him about all this stuff. So I kept advising him and giving him behind the scenes notes. And, they, and of course, the, the producers didn't know anything about this. Well, the day before they were to shoot, he called Nick and he left town. He said, I can't do this. I'm too scared. I left town. Nick oh went to the gosh. producers and he said, you know, Tom could do it because he's he's familiar with the thing. And I said, I'm not, I didn't prep. I didn't scout location. I do any of that stuff. You know, he said, anyway, so I got thrown in and mm. um, I hated it. But anyway, but, you know, it was what it was. It was a exploitation. And I had a lot of experience in those movies. So sure. it was easy to throw it together. The Concrete Jungle was a similar story. I had done Hell Night. And uh, Irwin called me and he said, I have a friend who's got a picture and in trouble. And he said, they just fired the director and they're ready to shoot. And do you want to do it? And I said, well, what is it? They told me they got, at that time, Shelley Winters was in the cast and, and Jill St. John. I said, sure. You know, so yeah, wow. Working with an Academy Award star, you know. So I went and met Billy and I read the script and I met the producer, the line producer, who was Jack Cummins. And... Um, uh, when I saw what had to be done and everything, I said, look, give me at least one more week. Give me two weeks for prep so, because I didn't know the cast or anything. So anyway, he gave me the two weeks and then uh, I did Concrete Jungle. Yeah. Oh, and, and what happened to Shirley MacLaine? Or, uh, oh, no, no. no uh, sorry, sorry. Oh, um, Shirley, yeah. No, sorry. He, he the producer who was, you know, Billy Fine. I don't know if you know his reputation, but anyway, he's not with us any longer. Uh, there was a line in the script where Jill St. John, you know, they're always butting heads, and Jill called her a, a fat bitch or something like that. And Shelley wanted the line taken out for obvious reasons, you know. I guess sure. she didn't mind the bitch part, but anyway. <laughs> and Billy wouldn't do it. He was just being stubborn, you know. He didn't know how to deal with actors. He caused a lot of trouble with actors. So she got pissed off and she left. So then, of course, we set quickly had a cast, and we got, um, oh... Her pictures on the wall. Nita Talbert, who I love, yes. and I saw her in the directory. I said, "Sure, let's get her. I love her." So then we had to change. We had to drop the line because she wasn't fat, and you couldn't. Yeah. And I said, "You wouldn't drop the line for <laughs> Shelley Winters." <laughs> anyway. So, so you finished Concrete Jungle, and then you are starting to think about your next movie. And I know you sort of wrote Reform School Girls on spec, but I wondered, like, ha having done two, uh, ref you know, women in prison films already, one that was very... Why? Yeah, why did I do it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, were you, but were you thinking, like, I'm going to do it my way? Well, I wanted to do a spoof. I thought I've done so many of these now, I could do it blindfold. And I thought, what if I just poke fun at it? Plus, I all always remember, you know, there was a picture called So Young, So Bad. Mm -hmm. okay. 1950 and I was just 11 years old then but I saw it because I used to sneak in every movie even though my parents said you can't see that I thought yeah so and, it, <laughs> and uh, it was about girls in reform school and I and had all really stuff at that age shocked me like they shaved one of the girls had Rosita Marino she wasn't even Rita Marino yet mm. and they turned the hose on a bunch of the girl all that stuff that just really shocked me so it always stayed in the back of my mind. And so when I was thinking of doing um, another prison picture, I thought, well, I'll do teen girls because that'll be more interesting and sexier, you know. And uh, I'll kind of do it rock and rollish. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so I did. That's where it came from. 
and the tagline so you know so bad so what obviously you know it was an yeah. homage yeah. To the right. inspiration yeah yeah which you must i know you came up with coming to set but it must have been early on because that 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 tagline not only adorns the poster but also is the lyrics to one of the songs so clearly that well, the song was written yeah that, that was um uh black singer who had uh, i can't remember her name but it was written for her to sing Etta yeah. james i believe right yeah Etta james right yeah mm -hmm. we wrote that for her yeah, that that came during post production. I was riding in the car, and the new world kept saying, "We need a tag. We need something." And I was, I don't know, just thinking back to say, "I'm so bad," and the, and I thought, "Well, that's it. You know, so what?" So they made, <laughs> they made bumper stickers. They made all kinds of stuff with that on it at the time when the picture came out. Oh, that's great. Do you still have any of that? Any like memorabilia or? Any well, I have a little bit of stuff. Yeah, they they remember people used to hang those yellow things in their window, stick it mm -hmm. baby on board. Well, yeah. they yeah. it said baby on board. So what? You know that oh, reform <laughs> on board. They made all of those. Yeah, that's great. I I wondered if you'd held on to those. Uh, didn't they hand out handcuffs at the press screening? Yeah, yeah, we had handcuffs. Oh. Yeah, did you didn't you didn't hold on to one of those? You know, I probably have a lot of that stuff in a box somewhere. You know, right, you right, around right. and uh, yeah. I, stuff like that. I don't throw away. I just, I just don't know where it is. At, at the don't ask me to bring it out. It's <laughs> fine. That's fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask. But when you're ready to go through it, you gotta let us know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it'd be valuable stuff. It's you yeah. know. Uh, ask us before you hit up eBay. Um, <laughs> now I know uh, Bruce Lansbury, who is actually Angela's younger brother. She. He had produced the initiation, mm -hmm. uh, which New World Pictures released, and was and he is the one who brought it to New World. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. What happened was uh, I didn't know Bruce, of course, and um, it was very weird because after I did Concrete Jungle, Billy Fine hired me again to do Savage Streets. So I got all of pre-production on that, and that was going along, and we were casting, and I brought Linda Blair in, and I brought my brother in, and all this stuff, but. The script started to go in a direction that I was really uncomfortable with. You know, it starts out with raping a dumb and deaf, a dumb and deaf girl. And I, I said, can't she at yeah. least not deaf and duck? You know, anyway, the, the money people kept injecting stuff into the script that kept making me more and more uncomfortable. So I finally said, I, I can't do this. So I left. And then I had time on my hands. You know, I was unemployed. Suddenly I had gone right from one picture to the next. And, and so that's when I started working on um uh, reform school girls anyway um i got a call from a friend he said a friend of mine greg hinton who i didn't know he said he rented a video of one of your old adult films and he was really impressed and he said and i mentioned to him that i knew you and so he said he'd like to get in touch with you and i said oh great so greg called me and said that he'd seen the film and he, you know for for an x-rated movie he thought it was pretty slick so uh, <laughs> he asked <laughs> He asked if I had any projects or anything. And I said, yeah, I just happen to have a script that I'm working on. I told him about it. And he said, well, that sounds interesting. You know, when I was writing it, I was just sort of kind of writing it. You're never thinking it would get off the ground as right. easily. So he said, well, I have like a, I work for Bruce Lansbury. At the time, I didn't know Bruce was uh, Angela's brother. So anyway, mm -hmm. he said, we're thinking, he said, we just finished a picture. We're thinking we're looking for something low budget and that, you know, so I gave them the script and they liked it. And uh, so they started shopping it around and I sort of left it in their hands, you know, and because I didn't have an agent at the time even. And then they just somehow got it to New World. But I remember it took a long time. It took almost a year to actually get a deal. They kept talking about it and 
we're going to do it. And then one thing after another, New World was still new, literally, uh, having Roger left and these new people came in. And I think they were mostly looking to turn out a bunch of videos because video was hot right there. That was the videotape era, you know, <laughs> and they were, they were shooting at when I was doing reform school girls, they did that, um, a great something with Grace Jones and they did um, divine they you know yeah. uh, lust of the dust lust of the dust yeah really high concept video crap and I guess uh, reformist go girls was fell into that category for them so they were thrilled to have it and they just left me alone you know yeah uh, I I read in AFI that the budget was somewhere around two and a half million to three million is that is that accurate. It that was, wasn't what I was. I found that I, when I looked well, that up, I was like, "That's the crazy." Budget I didn't was think it was a million. The budget was a million, and mm. Jack and I brought it in uh, under, and and it was like ten thousand under. So they gave us the money that was left over to shoot. We decided to shoot a rock video with Wendy. We went to New York mm -hmm. to shoot a rock video with her. But no, we I've never done a picture for two or three million. Okay, so not even not even Angel Three was. No. Well, I, I think Angel was a little more. Yeah, that was, was a, a little slicker picture. We had some names of that, too. You know, we had Maude Adams. We had Richard Roundtree. So I think they got paid uh -huh. better than the kids in Reform School Girls, you know. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, did it did it help that you had had a, the Concrete Jungle? Because that did, I thought that did pretty well, right? Because you well, shot yeah. it for... And that's why they decided to do Savage Streets. It was the same producer, same production mm. company, you know. But like I said... He got involved with the wrong money people. You know, they were kind of New York Italians. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with Italians, but, you know. <laughs> right, of <laughs> course. There were a mob of people I didn't like. I, I know that uh, you had mentioned that Tony Randall, when he came to the uh, set, that was when he first realized it was a comedy. So this was sold through as like an exploitation action movie. They There was really no thought. Do you think... Well, the trailer, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the trailer. It, mm -hmm. yeah. really, mm -hmm. yeah. it really plays, I mean, it's really broad. And it, it, the fellow that produced it, I can't remember his name. but he Is used, it Nelson Lyon? I, it sounds familiar. He used to make films for Saturday Night Live. I had one meeting with him and I was telling him about, you know, the 50s and the exploitation movies of the 50s and all that. So when that thing came on the screen, that title reforms and wiped across, I thought, He's got it. You know, they got it. So uh, but yeah, the, trailer, the trailer is very silly. It says, we'll nail your tongues to the floor and stuff like that. So clearly, if you're watching the trailer, you're thinking, this is funny or this is weird. You know, so. mm -hmm. Yeah, but but I mean, when it was sold, when you sold the script to New World, did they think it was a comedy when they said oh, they... no, and I didn't promote it as, as such because I just, you know, I was going to do it. You know what happened? Things started to change as I was doing it. First of all, Wendy came into it which wasn't the original plan. Once Wendy O came in, a lot of things started to shift because she was very broad and over the top. And then of course, Pat asked, there's no way you could take her seriously. So the picture <laughs> just automatically became a broad, way broader than I thought, you know, that it was going to be. And I, and then I started to go with that, that element, you know, I mean, I started to push that element, not that, okay, this is the picture we're making now. This, you know, this is, this is a little bigger than what I expected. So, right. And then I decided just go big, you know, the, the costumes and everything. We just thought the hell with it. Let's just go crazy. Cause I, cause I think when you, I heard you say that when you first, you first wanted to shoot it like in black and white and really make it more like the fifties and sort yeah. of do the music of that era and new right, world right. sort of said, yeah, no, I was going to do, do a throwback, you know, 
But, mm -hmm. they, you know, when I said black and white to New World and they were thinking videotape, there's no way they were, they were going to do that. So, mm. so, and then, of course, when I brought Jack Cummins on, because I had worked with Jack on Concrete Juggle and Savage Street, that's how we met. I called him and I said, I got this deal at New World. And I said, do you want to produce it with me? I was going to co-produce it with him. And he said, sure. So he came on and he also had a kind of wild sensibility about that. And when the two of us got together and then we realized we had Wendy, things started to snowball in that direction and it took its own life, you know. Go ahead, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to ask, did Wendy, I have to assume that she took on her persona all by herself. Right. Oh yeah, I didn't have to direct her. The only I do is tell her where to do it. But she did. You know, I could never give a direction. I mean, it, I, when I, and when I'd ask her not to do something or do something different, well, my fans expect. You know, when we were doing the riot scene, I said, now I had her up on a bunk and I wanted her to smash the window with a portable radio. And I said, now this is the breakaway glass. I said, you hit this window. I said, don't hit this one because it's real glass and you could cut. Well, of course, I said action, and she went right. For the real glass of course you know. <laughs> of course <laughs> and afterwards i said i she said well you know she said my fans expect me to bleed and i thought okay yeah. wow. and of course she wore what she wanted to wear and she was making her own she was writing sayings on the shirt but they were all x-rated we couldn't so we had to paint them out and well those boots she had these big boots that came up to her knees and she never took them off even in the shower so she was a character you know but nothing like that off screen. She was very quiet. She was vegan way back then. Yeah. And uh, she'd show up in the morning outside her trailer and she would do like maybe 200 sit ups before she came to the set. To, I mean, she was very toned, as you saw. Oh, yeah. And uh, she ate away from everybody. She ate in the, with the, she had her manager, boyfriend was kind of a Svengali. And mm -hmm. uh, she didn't make a move without him. And he was on the set every day, standing right behind me, you know, ready to make a comment. Hmm. So they were an interesting couple, and um, yeah. and was it somebody? You said somebody from the music department basically suggested Wendy O. Williams to you when it came yeah, to yes. Um, trying to remember, we had a music coordinator, somebody who was who was getting us musicians, and uh, he came to the office one production office, and he had that issue of Playboy where she skydives in the nude. And mm -hmm. he said, have you ever heard of Wendy O. Williams? And I said, well, yeah, she's that rock star or something. I wasn't, a, you know, I, I wasn't into that music, but I knew who she was. And he said, well, she just did this layout and she's nude and she looks pretty wild. And he said, you know, you're going rock and roll with this picture. What about her for, um, you know, Charlie was the character we hadn't cast yet. And I thought, well, she's interesting. You know, I didn't know how old she was from the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people said she was, you know, uh, the oldest girl in film school. But anyway, but it didn't matter. It know? doesn't. I mean, right. It yeah. does not matter. She was you know, Wendy O. Anyway, so we contacted her people and he came over and we talked and he liked the idea. And then it was that easy, you know. And Wendy O is great in the movie. She is mm -hmm. just I mean, as you said, she is an original and she just yeah. did the things that she was going to do. But that ending sequence on the bus is so iconic. Uh, her busting out that window, climbing on top of the bus. I mean, that it's such an incredible it still looks incredible today. Well, it's that just... was that was all her idea. Her and Rod. What happened was in my original script, she just drives the bus into the tower and it explodes. And that was the end of her and Edna. So he came to me when we were nearing the rap or getting close to the end of the shoot. He said, we don't like the ending. 
I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he said, I don't like her dying off screen. He said, she should have a bigger death. And I said, yes, you know, you're right. What can we do? He said, well, we came up with this idea. And I thought, oh, please. So, <laughs> so and just before she hits the tower, she kicks out the windshield and jumps out of the bus. Then, you know, and I was thinking a stunt, you know. So I mm -hmm. said, okay. Yeah, so I went to New World and I said, you know, he said, no, no, she's going to do it. He, she, he said, she can do it. I said, oh, yeah, but Rod, she's got to climb on a bus going like 30, 40 miles and jump. she can do it. He said, we can't, if she doesn't do it, we're not going to do it. So I went to New World and I told them the story and they said, no, oh, no way. And they said, she's not covered insurance. They said, if anything happens, she's not a stunt person. So I said, well, they won't do it with a stunt. She wants to do it. So they said, if you want to shoot that ending, you do it after the picture wraps because she's off the contract and you go somewhere and shoot it and we're not responsible for anything that happened. We mm -hmm. went out to an abandoned air, airfield out in the valley one night and we took a camera truck and Wendy and she did one rehearsal without breaking the glass. And that was it. It was all one shot, one take. It was beautiful. Wow. And she jumps off the bus like onto like a big... A a yeah, we had a yeah. bag. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah. that sh one shot of her flying through there was a separate shot. But from the minute I said action, the bus started driving. We had a hidden driver, you know, underneath. She got up. She kicked out that window. She climbed up naked. I mean, she had nothing on but a G-string. You know, she yeah. kind of, mm -hmm. and got up and stood up. And We didn't wire her or anything. She stood. And that bus was going about 30 miles an hour, you know. Wow. Then, yeah. Wow. That is wow. such a it's such an awesome sequence. Um, yeah, everybody loves that. Yeah, it's a good ending. Yeah, for course, sure. That was, my, that was an homage to... Um, uh, Jimmy Cagney and and uh, White, White Heat, Heat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, and you you mentioned Pat Ask. Can you tell you can? Um, she's I mean she's just amazing in the movie. It, it, oh, it's... She's the other. She's the other end. She and Wendy make did they really make that picture? I mean, without them, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be the same picture, you know. So and I had a fight to keep Pat in the picture. So because I met yep. Pat in New York way back in the I guess the 70, uh, I was there shooting some adult films. I was working for a company there. And I went gone to a disco one night. I think it was called The Limelight. And she was there. They they had a room upstairs, you know, uh, all people were dancing. And then if you went upstairs, they had like a big lounge and they had big floor cushions like a harem. And she was laying on the floor with all her people. And I noticed her and she was really interesting. Of course, in those 70s, everybody was flowers and beads and all that stuff. And, and uh, <laughs> So I thought I got to meet her. So I introduced myself. I told her I was a filmmaker and, you know, and we talked casually. And I said, if you ever come to California, and I said, maybe someday we could work together. And was, yeah. Now that was way back in the 70s. Then when I was working on the picture and I, it looked like it was had a green light, I started thinking about casting and I remembered her. And I went in the directory to look her up. And sure enough, she was in there. Plus, she was in L.A. So that was a miracle. So we contacted her and she came in and uh, New World said, fine, you know. And then all of a sudden uh, we were moving along and everything was going well and costumes were being made. And somebody at New World in the video department suggested Sybil Danning because she would sell videos. And they said, mm -hmm. we put Sybil on the box. So suddenly they wanted me to, to get rid of Pat. And I said, there's no way Sybil could do this. I mean, she's I like her and all that, but... I said, she's just wrong for the part. You know, mm -hmm. she doesn't have what I need. I said, read the dialogue. There's no way she can deliver this the way it should. Anyway, we were back and forth and I, it looked like I was going to lose, you know. So I just got the idea. The warden was actually in the script, a man, Warden Sutter. And I said, what if we just make 
the warden a woman. It would make sense anyway in an all-girls. So yeah. they, they right. said, fine, as long as we put Sybil on the box, we don't care. So that's how she came on the picture. Yeah. Hmm. And, and you were already planning on 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 uh addressing the warden in that way because it's oh. interesting you mean the no? nazi the nazi yeah 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 it was her and the wardrobe people you know the wardrobe people were crazy on this picture and i said fine you know they came to me they said what if i said go you know what if and i mean the girls in the dormitory you know what happened because i on concrete jungle every day i went on the set it was so dreary they all had those mm -hmm. gray schmatas mm -hmm. on you know and no makeup and they just look like i just hated it so I said, I don't want to do another picture like that. So I talked to um, Jack's wife was the art director. Anyway, she was doing the set as crazy as it was. And um, so we just said to the girls, come in tomorrow. This was before production. It's, everybody come in tomorrow. We're going to do a read through. Bring what you want to wear. And I said, you know, it should be a little bit sexy uh, underwear. You're going to be in your underwear because they all signed a contract that they would possibly be seen nude or in the shower scene. Mm -hmm. you know, they had so they came in with all that gear and I said, I love it. Let's just go with it. So, so every time we're in the dorm, you know, I couldn't do it when they were like in the mess hall or anything, because that wouldn't be allowed. But I figured the dorm is their domain and Edna let them, you know, so I thought, mm -hmm. so every time we went to the dorm, it was just like, yeah, it was like new outfits Secret. and it was Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, it, most of this was shot in what is Excelsior high school in Norwalk. Well, the exteriors, yeah, the, the all the interiors, most of them were shot at a, an abandoned police station. And it had, so it had all those, it had one big, big room, which mm -hmm. we used as the dorm. And then we used that same room as the cafeteria. We, we dressed it down and after we, and we put the tables in. And then it had those great basements, you know, with the doors and the long corridors right. and all types. So that worked. And then it had a couple of offices. So, uh, but we did shoot one interior at the school uh, which was the meeting at the end with the uh, social worker with all the girls are gonna mm -hmm. say what happened, you know, because I wanted yeah. to be able to shoot out the window of the riot and everything. So, oh, but right. it, yeah, all the exteriors are at an, at this old high school, and the interiors are at that police station. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Heights was where it was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and the police station uh, didn't didn't you was the girls' dormitory and the cafeteria wasn't that the same room but just redressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just we just stripped it and redressed it. Yeah, yeah. That's and then of awesome. course it had it naturally had offices, and I loved it because they, the offices had that glass, that frosted glass door mm -hmm. that was a throwback. I loved that. Yeah. So that all worked in our favor. And then of course we built that tower at the high school. You know. oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And then burned it to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was fun. I think, uh, well, I was going to say, I think some of the best, some of the the movies we have covered thus far that New World put out, some of the best ones I think that we have uh, all enjoyed, much like Reform School Girls, were ones I think that when the film was made, the filmmakers were allowed to make it without interference. Right. And right. when we talked to Tony Randall, he said that, that, that he was assigned to Reform School Girls as an executive, and he was a young executive at the time, just coming from post-production. And he said that New World basically put him in charge and left him alone. Wait, I never, wait. I never talked to anybody. You know, when I first got hired, um, I talked with uh, Remy, Bob Remy, I think, briefly, mm -hmm. and 
Burlage. I don't. Those are the only names I remember. Sure. Or Steve White said, but we never had extensive meetings or discussing. They just said make the movie, and then Tony, who I didn't know, just started showing up on the set, and he would hang around for a few hours. Basically, he was there to make sure the money wasn't being pissed away. You know. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, it's that's an important thing. You you want to make sure the yeah. money's being applied properly. Yeah, yeah. So and then he, I remember he came down the day we were shooting Edna. She was walking down the corridor with the girl, and she had the rubber hose in her hand. And you know, it was that we had this very tilted camera and all, and very exaggerated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he stood there and he watched. And I we did the scene. I said, "Cut!" And he, we came over and he said, "I I didn't know this was a comedy." I said, well, what are you doing now? <laughs> don't spoil it for don't go back to New Orleans and say they're making a laugh a minute picture because it wasn't that kind of comedy. It right, was right. funny when you got it. You know, I mean it was a it was an inside joke, basically. Mm -hmm. In other words, you had to be very familiar with those movies to get the puns, you mm -hmm. know. No, I, I think that's true. And and I, I you know, I watched uh Concrete Jungle and it's it's very good, but it is just like, you know, it is that women in prison film just straightforward you know yeah. and and yet when you do reform school girls that's why i was wondering like this just seems like and, I, and we're just meeting for the first time but this just feels like you on the big screen it just felt like you going now i'm going to do everything i haven't been able to do yet exactly well that's what it was it was nice because you know when you get to do a script that you've written it's so much easier than trying mm. to interpret somebody else's idea and of course lately or at that period that's when the writers go start to have this thing where writers were allowed to be on the set and they were allowed to make suggestions you know they were, mm. they were involved in casting which never used to be a case and uh, i felt it was just it was just too much from the writers uh breathing down my neck on when i did tv especially they were always on the set because on television the writers are also the producers mm -hmm. so you know i mean they're there you got to live with the writers and on my picture I was the writer and I could change my mind or I could do it a certain way or I could just do whatever the hell I want. And Jack, my producer, was totally 100% behind it because he was as crazy as I was. And his wife was the same way. I mean, that's why the picture has that look. The three of us were just having fun doing this picture. I remember riding to the set every day, really anxious to get to work. You know, usually you get up in the morning and it's dark and you shower and you think, geez, why didn't I just sell shoes? You know, it's like, <laughs> who, who picked this career? <laughs> and then you'd get to the set, you'd have six coffees, and you could get going. But those was I couldn't wait to get there because it was fun. You know, I knew yeah. it was going to be another day of crazy fun. You know, I mean, there was nobody doing anything serious. I had Wendy, I had Pat, you know, Sybil. So yeah, it it it's it feels on the screen. yeah, it mm -hmm. it feels like a movie where everyone's having a lot of fun. I mean, it just mm. feels like that. You can sense yeah. that everyone's having a blast. It was, yeah. Uh, was that like across the board, like the whole cast? Just yeah, we just see. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, I I deliberately had female crew as many as I could. My AD was female, and the camera, yeah. Christine uh, Peterson. Camera. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to have. It. So it was a nice mix of crazy people, and you know, Jack was good <laughs> at hiring people because Jack did a lot of the hiring of crew people and people oh. he had worked with before. So everybody was in sync. You know, the only one that didn't know what the hell we were doing, the poor girl. Um, she played the little victim that was always crying. Uh, uh, Lisa, the character Lisa, which was yeah, uh, Lisa. Sherry she Stoner. Was, yeah, Sherry. Yeah, because she was under contract with Disney. You know, she was their model for the the mermaid, and here oh. she is doing reform school girls. <laughs> and <laughs> wow. she was kind of like, you know, what are we doing? Are we doing? Because her scenes had to be 
like overly serious so yeah. that it would be funny. You know, I mean, she was so unhappy. And of course, that social worker was always going to go to the authorities. Of course, she never does. You know, but uh, it went. Uh, what was her name again? Sherry, Sherry Stoner. Yeah, she was the one that was kind of at a loss at first. Like, what the hell's going on? What, where did, what did I sign up for? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Was, but I mean, she used to be in the Groundlings. So, mm -hmm. I mean, she should yeah. have been. Yeah, and and her partner Charlotte McGinnis was also in the Groundlings, but she yeah. was another last minute replacement, right? Because you'd written this for Linda Blair that role, right? No, 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 no. I never thought the 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 counselor, social worker, the social worker. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. Well, maybe I mentioned it to to Linda. I didn't write it for her. No, actually, we I, had, I, had cast. I, we had cast somebody else. We cast um. Mary Warrenoff, I know you yeah, end up casting. Yes. And and when we had the table read and everything, she just, I felt she was too, she didn't seem to be getting it. She was kind of very serious and everything. And, and we went through it a few times and I kept trying to see where she would go with it, you know, if I suggested changes. And uh, I felt uncomfortable because I thought she's going to be the one thing that doesn't work, you know. Mm -hmm. So I went to Jack. I said, so they... She, I mean, she didn't get upset. She just figured, okay, um, I didn't make it, you know, and we paid her, I don't know what we paid her, we paid her off is the expression. And uh, Jack brought in... Um, that Char Charlotte from, McGinnis. Yeah, sure. Thank you for the names, because I, I, you must have them written down. I, <laughs> I do. I have the names sure, in front of me. I, like, I liked her a lot, and she got it. You know, she was always going to go to the authorities, and she'd go out to slam the door and leave the room, and of course she never did. You know, I remember right. at one point, at some screening, somebody said, is she ever going to go to the authorities? I said, right. don't count on it. You know? yeah, that's, that's why I think she might be the worst person in the movie, because she's yeah. giving false hope to everybody, then she everybody, just goes home. Leading those girls on. Yeah. Right. Yep. So after you made this, was there any discussion with New World about making a sequel? I mean, this was such a, a a big movie and certainly different from anything that they were doing at the time. No, they they had uh, um, wanted Dead or Alive in the back of their mind, which I didn't know about. And uh, and then they came to me with Angel because that was one of original World's kind of hit pictures, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they told me they wanted me to do Angel. And I went to my agent. I said, God, it's another bad girl movie. I said, I'm just doing these. He said, well, you're not going to go from reform school girls to ordinary people. I said, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, we did, uh, so I wrote Angel, you know, and they and I said, I said, now do I, I said, I better look at the first two because they said, it doesn't matter. They said, you know, just she just has to be a street walker gone straight, you know. And I said, well, I know the story of the original. I, I didn't see it but i i know what it is so i i got the video and i watched the first one and i didn't see avenging angel they said don't bother watching the second one i said okay <laughs> so, uh, they, just, they just wanted angel you know they didn't okay and they said write whatever you want you know and i said well um i said what if i make her a photographer i said i do photography like uh, whatever you know so uh that's how angel came up on now that's that's after reform school girls and you signed like a two picture deal with new world right well, actually, that's, two, not two pick two two years two year yeah. two year deal okay element deal yeah and they promised me during that period i could do what i wanted you know and i kept saying i have a script idea well we'll get to it you know so well, uh well, so we did angel and um you know and they insisted on angel right yeah new yeah, world. yeah well i was under contract and they said this is your next show and uh and then also, I they had pegged me to do the blob, which I wasn't aware of. 
Right. Yeah, until Chuck Russell, um, this is weird. I was in bed one night at like two in the morning, the phone rang and it was Chuck Russell and he was in Cannes at the festival and he had gone there to promote the blog, it was, you know, and uh, Chuck and I knew each other because he was on Chatterbox and also Hell Night. And mm-hmm. after Hell Night, he and I got together and we formed a little production company because he wanted to direct. He was one of those people who's dying to direct. And I said, you, you really know what you're asking for? <laughs> so we were going to switch roles and I would produce and he would direct. And we we got this, um, we wrote this script for, it was like an adult version of Hercules. It was going to be a, you know, a lot of sexy Amazon women and Hercules and all that. And we started shopping it around. And we brought it to, remember Galan and Globus? Yeah. Yep. Canon, Canon Film Group. Yeah, Canon. We went to them. They liked the idea. They said, we're going to take it to Cannes. We'll sell it. I said, great. So they go off to Cannes. And while they're there, they sell the idea, but not our script. And they come up with Lou Ferrigno. We see it in the trades. They're planning Lou Ferrigno. We said, wait a minute. That was our idea. They said, well, anybody can do Hercules. You know, it's it's public domain. You don't own mm. Hercules. They, so they went ahead and did it without us, and we had given them the idea and everything. So anyway, we wow. even contacted a lawyer, and he said, you can't. He's, they said, unless they do something that's in your version, you know, if they borrow this idea, or just, but they said, anybody can make a movie about, you know, Santa Claus, Hercules, those kind of things. I said, okay. Mm. So anyway, but then Chuck went off and did his thing, and I went off and did mine. So he called me, and he said, I'm a can, and he said, I'm... He said, I'm kind of shopping my picture around getting, and he said, I just found out that New World, they're saying that you're going to direct it. You know, New World had gotten the script from him and they agreed to do it. I said, they did. He said, yeah. And he said, you know, I really want to direct this. I mean, this this is my baby. And I, and I said, well, all right. I said, I, I said, no one said anything to me. I said, let me talk to them. So I went in the next day and I I think either Bob I spoke to or I don't remember. I used to talk to Bob a lot. We got along fine. And I told him, I said, you know, Chuck told me, he said, well, we we were expecting you to do it. And I said, well, what if Chuck does it? I said, you know, he's a good director. And he he has, and and I said, it's not that I don't want to do it, but I said, he's asking to do it. And I'm a friend and I don't want to screw him out of something that, you know, and they said, all right. So he never called me and said, thank you. I never heard from him again. Mm. So if he's listening. (laughs) <laughs> and then, you know, which he better be yeah he, he better, better be yeah. yeah come on never Chuck. too late for a thank you never That's too right. late it's never too late <laughs> uh, and it's interesting they they because they chuck had actually produced four new world pictures he produced girls just want to have fun so he he was familiar to new he world on the so. mask the mask was a big hit yeah well yeah but that was after that was afterwards that was in the 90s yeah. but but yeah but he you know he and he was writing with frank darabont and right. Right. Yeah, he brought, it's so funny because he brought Frank onto my picture as a, as a unpaid PA because on Hell Night, right? <laughs> Frank just wanted to learn the business and see what was going on. I thought, well, I taught him well, didn't I? <laughs> 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 has, has Frank called and thanked you? Yeah. No, he hasn't either. Uh, yeah. Well, now Come we on, got Frank. another one, Frank. Pick Come up on the now. phone, Frank. Yeah. Come on. That's ridiculous. So I, I just want to quickly ask, you mentioned, uh, you you said that before Angel, you had a script that you were shopping around. What what was that script? No, I wasn't shopping around. I It was a script idea. Okay, and script idea. Sorry. What I... happened was when New World finally said they wanted to do Wanted Dead or Alive, 
and they again they said whatever we don't care what the story is it's just got to be about a vigilante it's got to be some guy you know who's i said okay so the script i had in the back of my mind which is about it was about a vigilante it's about the world running out of water it would be perfect today because the world yeah. is short on water and and uh they, it's the haves and the have nots you know and they and they distribute the water to the poor people at certain you know but what they don't know is that the government is systematically poisoning the water little by little to bring down the population because the, the world is overpopulated. That's why there's not enough water. And the rich people will survive and the poor people will die off. And then, of course, these, these groups find out what's going on and they form these rebel groups and he's the leader and they attack. And it's, it's an action picture. Yeah. Slightly in the future. I mean, it's some good stuff. You know, there's... Um, he falls in love with this girl who lives in um, a biodosic dome or something. Mm-hmm, in, in, mm-hmm. In, her father was an old theater director, and they live in this old abandoned theater. And in the basement, he has this dome. And in there, she's got water and plants and animals. All this. I mean, it's an interesting script. And they, they liked it. And I wrote it. It's all done. But then they went belly up. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. And where, did was Rucker Hauer on board to return? Oh, well, we hadn't gotten to casting yet. They were okay. just, they just, they just wanted, and I kept turning in pages and they liked it. And I like it. I still have it. I think I called it contaminated, something like that. Yeah. And, Let's uh, go get it out of the box. Pick know, some of those handcuffs. Now we need water. Yeah. Let's it's do a big it. thing. It's more yeah. relevant than ever. We'll yeah. just repurpose well, the I'd be happy to sell it. You want to buy Let's a do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I am so bummed that you didn't get to make that movie because I think, you know, seeing both Reform School Girls and Angel 3, like, you obviously are very adept at shooting action and, like, mm-hmm. to, to to make a, a Wanted Dead or Alive, especially if Rucker Howard could have returned, that yeah. I am just, when I heard that that was a possibility, I just was like, oh, man, what a lost opportunity. Yeah, that, that yeah. Been so and, cool. and, you know, I was all excited to do it because I thought, well, this would be a big picture. They'll get mm-hmm. behind this. There's a lot of interesting action scenes and, and some weird characters, too, because it's slightly futuristic. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of underground stuff. And, you know, and um, this was after Mad Max. So it was a little bit of that flavor, you know, with these mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. groups that put things because they, they need water, you know. And uh, but it just didn't happen because they, you know, New World, they were a bunch of new guys in this business and they overextended and the bottom mm-hmm. fell out of everything. I remember we just got this memo one day that we would move. You know, we were in the Twin Towers in Century City. I was up on the 17th floor of the 12th. It was beautiful. I had this huge office. I mean, me, you know, I think, how did this happen? You know, floor to ceiling windows and a secretary and all this stuff. I mean, it was like the producers. Suddenly I went from, you know, rags to riches. <laughs> I had a great year there, you know, and just I'd go in and write and I had uh, all that stuff. But uh, they suddenly moved us to North Hollywood in this mm. small. And I had like a room in the basement. I mean, not even mm. a window. And I said, mm-hmm. this is my office. <laughs> and they said, yeah. And I thought, so I just worked at home. I thought there's no point in going in. It's like when you see those movies and they here's your office, they open the door and it's like, what? You know, it was like that, but you gave me like a linoleum on the floor and a pipe. Work, and I thought, what? <laughs> I had been on the south floor in Century City. It's like, you can... a, a come down. Yeah. It's like one of the movies. You know? And you had to go over the hill? Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. Taking the 170 at this point, you're like, forget about it. Well, and now <laughs> you went from the 17th floor, now you can hear when anyone uses the bathroom. Like, that's not the Yeah, that's not... <laughs> yeah when they flushed it, I mean, it was awful. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, said, no. I, I kept saying, are you sure? Like, you know, I'm Tom Desimone. This is what, you know. 
I didn't have a secretary anymore. I mean, you know, I had to answer my own phone. It was terrible. Yeah, secretaries aren't going to go to the San Fernando Valley for work. Um, that's amazing. So that was during that time when you had your your two year deal, and you were that's when yeah, you were yeah. yeah. But but the whole thing. But you know, it's so funny because I was on the contract and they were paying me very well in this deal. My agent set it up, and he was the, my new agent, so I was very happy with him. Lee Dinsman was his name, and uh, but they were paying me for the script. I mean, they were giving me checks, and when when the my, the contract ended and everything. I got this big lump sum of money for um, Wanted Dead or Alive. Of, of, I mean, it was it was called, you know, AKA uh, Contaminated or something. And I thought, I thought the pay, the salary I was getting under contract was the salary. But I mean, I didn't give it back, but, you know. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Did, right. did they like own it at that point? I mean, I guess they're going under. Well, I don't so know. You matter, know, I, right? tried, I tried searching for it. And there's no, nobody's listed as owner with the writer's girl except me, you know. So, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, I'm not sure if well, I mean, I mean, New World doesn't exist. So now they don't exist anymore anyway. Yeah. So and yeah. no one person over there owns it. So it's I guess it reverts back to the writer if nobody owns it. So I should. So, it down. Yeah. yeah. If Frank and Chuck are listening, they should not only thank you, but they should buy this script. <laughs> well, I know Chuck would like Chuck. This is the kind of thing Chuck would like to direct. I don't know what he's doing now. I don't see his name much anymore. Yeah. He did, I don't you know, he did those great mummy pictures and all that stuff. He was very good at that. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen him in a long time. Um, so it was it's interesting that you said that you got this deal with New World and they said you can do whatever you want, but also we want you to direct Angel and the Blob. Yeah. So yeah. it seemed it seemed very well, when, interesting. And I, I got them after Reform School Girls. Uh my agent you know, worked up this deal and I went in to meet them and everything. And they said, and I said, well, what is exactly, you know, and they said, well, you're going to, you have an office, you can develop scripts. They said, you know, if you got an idea, let us know, or we'll, we'll give you something. And if you like it, you can develop it. We'll, we'll, you know, that kind of stuff. And just, again, they left me alone. I would go in when I felt like it or when I didn't feel like it wasn't like I punched a time clock or anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'd go in the office and I'd work a little and, you know, and, and every now and then somebody would send up, some paper with an idea and I'd jot down notes or something. That was it. And then they came to me, they say, you know, we want you to do Angel next. And then, you know, so, and then after Angel, when they said, uh, wanted dead or alive, at least I could do, I could squeeze my script into it. And I thought, well, now I can do a picture, you know, like reform school was that I really want to do. I didn't want to mm -hmm. do another bad girl movie. And I really liked my script. I liked the characters and I liked the plot and they had a lot of good stuff in it. So I thought, well, I'm finally going to get to make the picture. And, and then they collapsed, you know. Yeah. Now, did you know of any other directors that had a deal with New World at the time? I, I, my, my, I would think that that's kind of rare. I haven't heard of a lot of, at least in that, in mm -hmm. that iteration, certainly not during the Corman era, but when the, when he sold it, the New World to the new owners, um, mm -hmm the uh, uh harry and the two larry's when he sold it to them i haven't heard of a lot of directors getting a two-year well, deal i don't know if the other directors had a deal like i did but they you know they they did uh lust of the dust i'm trying to remember who directed that 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 was, was um no 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 it was um oh. it was uh, uh eating raul um uh paul bartell oh oh he did that really yeah oh, okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't yeah, realize Mary that. Yeah, she did a lot of his pictures. Yeah, and then they mm -hmm. did something with Grace Jones, didn't they? Vamp, yeah, 
Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So I have yeah, to say was, too, I'm sorry to interject, yeah. but that those are two things he doesn't have written down. That's just purely <laughs> off the dome right there. Just, I know he's got earphones. Somebody's feeding him information. <laughs> We're really not. Believe me, I'm zero help. What of this? I'm just here fangirling. So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And they they had all those kind of what I call campy pictures, you know, reform school girls vamp and and then um lust in the dust. And then so um Although Angel wasn't that kind of movie. I mean, that was a little more of serious action picture, you know, but but mm -hmm. because the original two angels made New World of Money, they figured let's just keep making the pictures Roger used to make or and that's how that came about. So but that was a fairly easy picture to make because, again, it was a script I wrote. So, you know. yeah. So, so you were trying to make sure you didn't have to a answer to a writer. Yeah. Right. As you yeah. were saying, yeah, or interpret his idea, get it up on the screen, you know. So, and, and so, did no one at New World tell you that at the end of Avenging Angel, she's trying to study to become a lawyer? Because <laughs> they said they didn't make you watch it, and it just no, they said they said, well, we were, you know, my idea was to bring back the first angel. Um, mm -hmm. to What's her name? Uh, th that's a tough one for me. Um, <laughs> here we go. Not, just when I just built up the dome. No, I know. I, yeah, it's not, terrible. Not the second one. They didn't like the second angel picture. Um, anyway, so we thought that makes sense. That we thought, let's get her back because that'd be interesting. So, but you know, the story around town was she had a substance abuse problem, and that's why she, her career mm -hmm. didn't take. So we found mm -hmm. her and we contacted her and we told her and. Um, but you know the money people that the lawyers were really nervous about it and the insurance company they said we can't you know if she's not going to be clean we can't mm -hmm. we're not going to insure this picture so we sat her down and we talked to her and she was very amenable and she seemed really eager and, and grateful you know that we asked her back and but we said you have to you have to go to um drug test every week and you have to see uh not probate but like a counselor once mm -hmm. a week to mm -hmm. meet with this counselor because she was still kind of, you know, not on the street, but so we thought we'd take a chance with her and uh, things were going along. And after the second or third week, we got a call and she didn't show up for a meeting and then her test wasn't clean. So they said, no, no, it's, it's not going to happen. So that's how uh, we, we started had, casting. Oh, and you hadn't, you hadn't, uh, you hadn't started filming or anything at that point. Oh, no, no, this just... was all during pre-production. Yeah, we, no, we went to her right away at the, when it started to fall into play. You know, pre-production takes like two months. Sure. So we were putting together location sets and we were keeping our eye on her and checking with the social worker every week. Did she show up and all that stuff? And it started to look iffy and they, they said no. And I said, no, I can't take a chance that she can't show up on the mm -hmm. set. I mean, I know what that's like, you know. Yeah. So we would admit see who I liked very much. So. Yeah, and Donna Donna Wilkes is the is, and I still friends after all these years. Oh, Donna Wilkes is the original Angel. Yeah, so yeah. that that's, that's interesting right. that you that you had you had her in mind uh, to cast yeah. her. Uh, yeah, well, but we yes. thought that would be an interesting ploy, you know, to bring yeah, back the. Of course. That was going to be the campaign, you know, Angels back and all that stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously they didn't make you watch the second one they were displeased they said just go make a third one did they give you any other input in terms of like what they were looking for they just wanted they just wanted the name angel on the box just like they wanted to see one of them that's that seemed to be their only i mean they never they never came around over film school girls i had any input in post-production the editing or anything and then with uh angel uh nothing they just you know 
Uh, and just and went that, off and made the movie. And I, I don't remember if Tony was even on that picture, Tony Randall. I don't I think, think so, because at was. that he might have been on to Hellraiser 2 at that point. Maybe. No, that was after, I think. Yeah. It was it after? Okay. So this is it comes out in 88. So this is 87, I think, that you're shooting Angel 3. 86, I think, was Angel, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, he, he maybe just not assigned that one because he would have been I there. I don't know if he gave that new world then anymore. I, I just don't remember him after Reform School Girls, you know. Yeah, he definitely he I'm was. Not, a... I'm sorry, no, we we, we had yeah we were going to do Jack Cummins, my, who was my producer on, uh, Reform School Girls had you know Dan who played the doctor mm -hmm. in Reform School mm -hmm. Girls. Yep. He and he and uh, uh, I was just Jack. We're writing partners and friends, and they were working mm -hmm. on a script called Leapers, which was about people who commit suicide by leaping off buildings. And they wanted me to direct it. So we went to Tony, and he said, well, you got to really work on the script a lot. So we, the three of us got together and worked on the script and everything. But it, like I said, by the time all that was done and, and Wanted Dead or Alive was being written, the bottom fell out of everything and they just didn't exist anymore. So, and that's when I lost track of Tony, but Tony was like seeing us through the development of leapers as, as a script development, not as a picture yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With Angel, I have to ask, uh, was it always a part of the, the, the story that Spanky would be driving an ice cream truck? I had, well, I mean, I wrote it that way. Yeah. So you did write it that way, that he had like, uh, an ice cream truck. Wow. Right. Yeah. Well, you that's... know, and I wrote, he was supposed to have been very gay. And mm -hmm. I had cast Michael Greer. I don't know if you know who he is, but Michael was a very, he was a gay stand-up comic, also female impersonator. And his, mm -hmm. his fame was, I mean, he did Betty Davis. He could scare the shit out of you. He was so perfect. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I brought him to meet the producers and uh, not to meet, uh, to meet, uh, who was the producer on that? Um, Arnold Ogolini. Yes, I was going to ask how he got, yeah, he got involved. Wasn't, well, New World gave him to me. I didn't know oh. that he's going to be the producer. I said, okay. And uh, for some reason, they didn't want Jack back on. They they had Arnold in mind. So, because um, I was thinking we Jack and I could just go on and do Angel, too. But anyway, especially since we had been working on Leapers. But for some reason, they wanted Arnold on the picture. But he didn't like my, he, first of all, they said, Michael's too tall. I said, that doesn't mean anything. What do you mean? Because he was very tall. He said, right. well, he's got all these scenes with Mitzi. It's going to be weird shooting it. And it's going to look at it. Anyway, I thought they don't want Michael. So anyway, so we cast Mark, who was not really a name, but he had a little bit of, uh, you know, cachet. And uh, he signed on and everything. But then when we were shooting, he just didn't want to play it gay. You know, he, he kept giving me, well, can I just do this? And can I not do that? And so it, that character got really whitewashed down to where I wasn't happy. Hmm. And uh, anyway, so he just wanted to play it funny. He didn't want to play it gay. So hmm. I, you know. Okay. Hmm. Well, he's not, we still love Spanky in the movie. We, yeah, we love it. It's, we still love Spanky, so I'll attribute that yeah. to your script as well. But that we we adored Spanky in that movie. Yeah, so. yeah. and, well, and, and did a great job. Yeah, he did a good yeah. job. There were a couple of scenes, like when there was one scene where he's getting ready to go out on a date, and Angel's there, and she's waiting for uh, Kim to come up and pick her up. And I had him at the mirror putting on makeup, mm -hmm. and he just didn't want. He said, "Well, can't. What if I put nose putty?" I said, well, "Why would he put nose putty to go on a date? He's going, <laughs> you know, the dialogue is, you know, anyway." So. Well, he just resisted, and I thought he's not comfortable doing this, so I better not mm. because it's, if he's not comfortable, it's not going to work. I said, mm. "Well, just just primp, 
just do whatever you want, you know. So anyway, so and he didn't wasn't crazy about the flamboyant costumes we had in mind and stuff like that. So I let it go, you know. Mm. Sometimes it's easier. I mean, it didn't change the picture that much. It changed his character. But what he was giving me was amusing and likable. So I thought, okay, he's just going to be a flamboyant friend. He's not going to be her gay friend. You know? Yeah. I'd see, I, I never doubted for a second that he wasn't gay. Like, I, to me, it came well, off. It's written that way. And there, early on when you meet him, he does talk about, you know, and he played it. At the very his early scenes when she first meets him and they go to his he he did play it very broad, but yeah. as, as yeah. they progressed and he had to do things like put on makeup, he you know he kind of drew the line there, and so I thought okay you know, so I he was kind of like gay but not flamboyant gay, right. or, you know, it, like I said, it didn't hurt the picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I also like Spanky because he was such a fan of uh, Reform School Girls because he has the poster up in his apartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't the only fan. <laughs> <laughs> now, was the how, what was the budget like for Angel Three? Was it? I don't know the numbers, but it was uh, it was a little more than Reform School Girls. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Know? Yeah, I you know like I said, I never. Got, that's the part of the business I never. I mean, I knew when I did Hell Night, it was a million dollars and we went over because we had problems with weather and night shooting and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I think we went a million two on that. And uh, before school girls, we came in under, we came in 10 grand under. So, right. But on Angel, I don't really know what the budget was, you know. And you were you you were saying you were shooting that one for a theatrical release, but they put that straight to video. Is that right? Well, what happened was that it was at the point where they were... Um, going under and they were struggling you know financially and they didn't have the money to promote it make prints stuff so they said we're going to direct a video which really broke our heart i mean arnold i worked i mean we had some nice names and they were richard roundtree everybody yeah. was disappointed when they Maude had adams that. yeah Maude adams and you know and and uh, so that was kind of a little painful you know after all yeah. that work, we worked hard and we you know we had some nice production value in that i thought better than a lot of very much so yeah yeah, that end that end scene yeah, in the we warehouse. Had that, that big mansion with the party, and we had both. Mm -hmm. We had all kinds of you know the auction of the slave girls. I mean, we did a lot of stuff, <laughs> night shooting, and covered a lot of stuff, and then it just went right to video. And I don't even know if they promoted the video. You know, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like a lost picture. Yeah. It is, but it's uh, it's it's a good one, and we really liked it. But you were talking about some of the cast you worked with. You also had Dick Miller in there. I think Tony recommended him. If I'm not mistaken, Tony, Tony Randall. I think so. I'm not sure. I think, but he wasn't on the picture, so I don't know. Or maybe I just know Tony liked him, but um, I don't know who recommended him. And I said, "Oh, sure, I know, I know him from all the Corman pick." I think because it was you know New World, and he had done so mm -hmm. many pictures for Corman. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't think it was the casting because I think Tedra, Tedra. Gabriel or Tedra was our casting director, and I don't think she knew Dick Miller. But somebody suggested, and I said, absolutely, you know. I mean, a lot How of was... more people were suggested to me, and I said, sure. You know, I mean, if I liked, like with Wendy, I had no idea. Somebody came in and said, you want her in the movie? And I thought about it, and I said, sure. You know, so Dick, I knew Dick's work. I mean, who didn't, you know, especially mm -hmm. the world's history. Yeah. I think that was the last picture he did. I don't know. 
But, uh, it might have been the last one. I don't know how many he did for that second yeah. ownership group of New World. He didn't do many uh, for them. I wish I had a bigger part for him because he was fine to work with and he's a pro, you know. But uh, I was trying to, I was looking around for something he could do and I thought, well, that he could work in that part, you know, easily, her boss. Yeah. But he only had that one scene, unfortunately. Right. It was was Richard Roundtree also suggested by the casting director? Or was Well, the casting brought him in you know but what you know generally what you do is you sit around you powwow but you talk about characters and she said well let me see he's a detective what about and i said if you can get him sure you know so she got him and uh and then of course maude i don't know where she got maude but i was so happy with her she was beautiful and she was easy to work with a lot of fun yeah she was willing she had done a, a couple movies for new world right around that time she did i think what jane in the lost city was one that she was in oh right yeah. around that time so i wondered if there was some connection maybe with new world maybe know, maybe they... somebody at the office suggested it to tedra i don't know like i said yeah, yeah. usually the casting people what they do is they send out information to agents looking for this type this age this you know and uh, they submit people's names and you you go through the pictures and you talk about it and you know and then of course the other players they're the casting people read them. I don't read the, you know, the secondary players. They read them and then they bring in, okay, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't have time to read everybody. You know? Sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And you had Tony Basil, or, or in in the yeah, early well, I, scenes. I used Tony in two shows. I did an Angel, and I used Ray Folks. I mean, in uh, Dark Justice, and I can't remember which was first. I think Angel was first. And I don't know where she came from, but I loved her dearly. And then when I was doing uh, the TV series, Dark Justice, I brought her in on that show. She played a, a fortune teller, psychic kind of thing. You know, I like Tony. I wish I had more work for her, but, you know. And was Richard uh, easy to work with, too? No, he was fine. I mean, it was a character. It was easy for him to play. You know, the only thing is one... You know, every time you do a picture, there's always one thing you never forget. And it was we were, when we were shooting down at Venice Beach... And he had just a couple of scenes that day where he pulls up in his car and Angel's walking and he's cruising next to us. And for some reason, they brought his trailer down. He wanted his trailer there. And then he had a lady caller who visited him in his trailer. And we couldn't get him out of the trailer to shoot. We kept knocking <laughs> on the door. It's time. It's time. But it wasn't his time yet, I guess. So... <laughs> <laughs> Finally got him out on the set, but uh, <laughs> looking at my watch, how long is this going to take? You know. <laughs> well, I noticed um, that he 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 seemed to come across across very loose in those scenes, like very relaxed. So now yeah, it kind of makes yeah. sense, you know. And he and Mitzi, they had nice scenes together. He liked her, and she liked working with him, so that was good. Was know? this the only one I had a problem? Not a problem, but the uh, was the young sister. Um, when we read her, she was—I thought she would be perfect for the role. But something about—I don't know—it it, it, um, it took a lot to get her scenes. I don't know why, but anyway, hmm. Hmm. sometimes you just fall into that—you know—the scenes don't work, or you got to go over and over because it doesn't sound right, or feel right to you. you know? Did you have much um, input in terms of the soundtrack? I think because uh, there's a song at the end credits, which is uh, called "Secrets," which is sung by Lou yeah, Rawls. Oh, if that was, I don't think that was written for the movie, but I, I can't say for sure. You know, I, I never heard Lou Rawls do it anywhere else, but I did see Yeah, it. yeah, it's I as far as I... We may have written it for the, because we did write So Young, So Bad for Re Reform School Girls. So maybe they got that, uh, yeah. Because, you know, the 
thing secrets and the whole thing with their sacred mother and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So it could have very well been written. I just don't know the answer to that for certain, you know, but I liked it. I remember hearing it. I thought, oh, this works, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great song. And I was like, why Maybe is this? I, didn't get, I don't usually get to hear that stuff until the picture's wrapped shooting. And then mm. you sit around and you talk about, you know, that's when the music people come in and they start playing tracks for you and, and uh, you start discussing, you know, where you want more or less and everything. And when I heard that for the end credits, I said, good, I like it. You know. Um, Just to switch back real quick to Reform School Girls. Do you have another question about Angel Mark? I no, I'm, 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 I'm good. Okay, I I, uh, did, I will just say again that I I really loved Angel Three. And yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. And I, I it's got a very special place in our hearts. Uh. I love mm -hmm. all the characters. It was such a surprise. What people I, thought, you know, I wish it played on the screen. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to bring it back somehow. Angel's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did. I'm happy that it, it is out on Blu-ray. You know, the yeah. Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray looks really good. And I'm really pleased for that. Um, I'm glad you. Yeah. Vinegar. Did you see the the latest uh, Reform School Girls they're doing? They of did. Course. Yes. We, yes. Documentary. They did a great documentary on there, the making of which I love. Yeah. We 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 have that one, and we have the German Blu-ray from Wicked Vision yeah. Media as well. So now I got I just did, I just did a, a, a Zoom last week or two weeks ago for a French a company putting out uh, 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 Reform School Girls there. Yeah, it's never gonna die. I wish I had a nickel <laughs> every time somebody watched it. <laughs> well, Wicked Vision people like it, and that it it's kind of got become a cult favorite. So that's good, you know. For sure. Yeah, and I hope pe more people watch Angel 3 as well, because we, we just... I wish there was know. some way we could get to see it. But I don't know. You know, it doesn't have that cachet that the Reform School Girls has, that, you know, wild and crazy, and with people like Wendy and Pat, and it's just a, kind of a straightforward. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I had seen the other Angels, and uh, they had not, uh, Erica mm -hmm. and Mark. So I was, uh, I had to say, like, I kind of really like the third one. Maybe, I mean, definitely more than the second, but probably, I don't know, maybe more than the first. I don't know. I just liked it so much. And I thought it was such a fun film. And, you know, it may, is, again, made with that kind of fun. You have a sense of fun when you're directing, you know, and and I just the other ones don't always have it. The first ones, of course, is very serious, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 and yours is a lot, is a lot more playful. First one has a kind of a low budget look. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, ours, we, you know, we we managed to. First of all, I like, I love Howard's work. You know, Howard mm -hmm. Webster, mm -hmm. and um, and um, we had good set people and wardrobe, and we just, you know, we made sure. And also, I kind of am proud of the fact that I know where to point the camera usually when I make right. a picture. <laughs> well, you you come very well prepared, right? You you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, very. Yeah, every every scene of the pictures, I it's uh, I got floor plans and cam where the camera's going to be and all that stuff. I never go on the set. I I can't work if I don't have this because I can't go on the set. You know, I see these documentaries about these directors walking around with a finder and looking at. I think, don't you know when you get to the set where you want the camera to be? I mean, how would you not know what the shot should be when you get there? You know, I always when I the ADs used to love working with me because when we wrapped at the end of the day, I'd say, "Here's where we're starting tomorrow." I said, "The camera's going to be here." I'm going to, oh, great! So they they knew, you know, when they got the next morning, I got there, and the crew was already setting up and ready for the shot. You know, I mean, there was no waiting around for me to make up my mind. 
But whenever I do a picture, I would go to the locations. I had to see the locations and I would go and I would make a sketch of the room, the layout, floor plan layout where doors, windows are, furniture, all that stuff or where I want the furniture. And then as I work on the script, I, I diagram the camera angles. You know, mm -hmm. I, I on the, like here's the page of the script with the dialogue and on, on this page, the blank page on the other side is a drawing. And A being the cameras are labeled, the, the actors are labeled. So I just glance at it and I'm like, okay. And I say the idea, the camera goes here for scene three, you know, and, and everybody knows what they have to do. And then I'm free to direct the actors within that framework because the technical work is already done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got to think that's better for the crew too, because you know exactly what you want. They can just do exactly, you're telling them we're going to be here. You know, we're gonna... We all, always, almost always wrapped early at the end of the day. And they love that too. You know, <laughs> I mean, there were days where we've been over problems but usually when i when i especially in television they loved it in television because they were doing it week after week after week in the same sets basically you know same locations except for a few and the crew loved it when i did an episode because we'd get out of there you know we'd mm -hmm. get in and get out and they weren't spending the days waiting or sitting around while i was walking around trying to make up my mind you know mm -hmm. and if something ever happened that didn't allow me to do it i i would panic because then i'd have to rethink the scene and that was always tense for me because i knew 150 people were standing around waiting for me to come up with an idea so i just did, never wanted to be unprepared when i got to the set and it yeah. paid off yeah no i think that's so smart in fact it was something i remember corman said many times you know i do a lot of research about corman obviously for the podcast and that was one of his biggest things you can't go in and not know what you're going to do because yeah, especially low budget filmmaking you have to know yeah, exactly every minute what is a dollar yeah mm -hmm. i mean i mm -hmm. you know, that, like i said when something would throw me off and, and we couldn't do it like the weather would change and i remember i was doing an episode on dark justice and i had this whole thing planned uh it was going to take place like in a playground and i had the lead actor on a swing talking and i had everything work well, it rained. And they said, we're moving indoors. I said, where? I thought, what? How can we move a playground? No, you're going to have to redo the scene. We're going to do it. And I, I mean, I was panicking because I had a, you know, creating on the spot and it threw me off. You know, it was. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, Hitchcock used to draw all pictures of his scenes. Everything was, you know, I was like that, you know, and mm -hmm. I even. There's a book coming out about my career. A company in Germany is publishing it. And I sent them a lot of pages for my script with all the sketches and everything so they can show, you know. Oh, that's terrific. When is that coming out? I don't know. He would call me every Tuesday morning from Germany. and We talked for like two or three hours on the phone. And then I'd send him, we'd Zoom, we'd all kinds of stuff. It's a big book because he pub he sent me one that he published on another filmmaker that I know. But his book goes all the way from my X-rated years to the current, you know. And he interviewed mm -hmm, sure people and he interviewed um i think sybil danning and he interviewed barbara luna and people like that yeah so oh, wow. loaded with sent him all pictures and all that stuff so I'm, uh, I'm just waiting for it to come out i don't know but but he i sent him all those script pages and everything which reminds me i hope i get them back yeah. <laughs> well that's terrific we'll definitely be looking out for that book because I, yeah, I, I, I'll, I, I'll put it up on facebook or something. well he promotes them on facebook and places okay like that. okay he's done a lot of these uh like um you know action directors and exploitation directors he's big into that you know so it'll be it'll be it, it'll be a little tricky for me to learn the german but i'll do what i can to oh make... no 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 it's in english <laughs> i know 
I know. I'm just kidding. Um, you were talking a little bit about Howard Wexler, and he is, you know, shot the two movies he did for New World. And I think you always do a really good job also of getting really great cameramen because Mac Alberg is also, I think he really shoots uh, uh, Hell Knight. I think it looks fantastic. I love Hell Knight, yeah, for that reason, yeah. yeah. Mac often, and um, he he started doing stuff on his own or with other people. I don't know. There, you know, there was a long period from Hell Knight to when I, when I see when I went on Concrete Jungle, which is the next picture, that crew was already set. Right, right. Director. So I just stepped in. And then, and then on uh, uh, Savage Streets, it was the same group, you know, but by right. the time I got to New World, Mac was long part of the history and, and I knew Howard's work and I, I wanted to give him a shot, you know, Reform School Ghost was the first actual feature film that he did. Yeah. yeah. And then mm -hmm. it went right into Angel. Yeah. And he has some great stuff, uh, you know. And, and, but, he was so easy to work with. Yeah, I mean, we got along really great. Yeah. Yeah. He's really, really good. And um, uh, I, I wanted to ask one, uh, one other thing because I had read an interview with Sybil Danning where she talked about there was going to be a fight scene between her and Wendy O. Williams. And she says that when Wendy refused to do it but yeah. is that what happened what really happened was you know as i mentioned earlier wendy had her, her svengali on the set and sybil had hers i can't remember his name but he was there all the time but i had to finally bar him from the set because he kept interfering and make thinking he was okay for him to make suggestions to me you know and <laughs> i didn't even know who this guy was and why was right. he just because he was Sybil's boyfriend didn't give him a right to tell me how a scene should play. So he was no longer allowed on the set. Well, anyway, come, come the day, it was toward the end of the shoot. And uh, we were in that room, the meeting room with all the girls and, and the judge and all having that meeting. And the riot's supposed to start outside. Mm -hmm. Now, it's, rain, it's raining. out. We, the riot wasn't outside because we had that was coming later. But it was raining outside the real set we were in, the real location. And how it had lights outside and he had things covering them, baffles covering them because the water was getting it because we needed light coming in the windows. And it came time to do the fight. And the way the scene was to play, the girls are all there being questioned by the judge. And finally, you know, Sybil is lying and Wendy rips off her uh, phone school girl and she's got all that leather gear and she jumps up on the table and, you know, does one of her war cries and she and Sybil get into a fight to the death and she kills Sybil. So it was all set. I had a stunt coordinator, everything. She had her notes, how they were going to do it. So it came time to do it. And this friend of Sybil's came on. He said, well, Sybil and I worked it out last night. And here's, here's what we think we should do. And he started, you know, Wendy comes and Sybil kicks her. And then and then Sybil, you know, and he had all this stuff going on. And then suddenly Wendy's guy said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, I didn't hire my girl on this picture to be a punching bag for her. So mm. now here I am dealing, not with the actresses, but with their two guys and they're all mm. getting into like no it's going to go this way and I, and I said look i said look i have a stunt coordinator i said this is the lady who's going to tell us how it's going to go you guys are not going to tell us how it's going to and you know well what does she go well how you know wendy has to get this and i said look sybil i said wendy has to win the fight that's just the way it is it's it's you know it's the end she's gonna she's got to beat you you know you're the warden she's got to beat you down you're the villain this is way this is how you go out you're gonna lose you know well, I got to get some kicks in. I got to get this in, that kind. And they kept going back and forth. So I, and Howard kept saying, we got we to go. We got lights burning outside. And so I get on the phone to Jack. I said, you better get down here right away. He said, I said, 
the girl, I said, I got to do the fight scene. And I said, nobody wants to give an inch. And I said, I can't direct this if they're not going to do what I ask, you know. So he came down and I left him to talk to the two guys. And anyway, they went back and forth and back and forth. And Howard was like almost in tears. He said, I got to pull my men in. I got to pull. So I went over to Jack and the group and everything. I said, where are we? Well, Sybil thinks this. And I said, you know what? I said, we're not going to do the fight. I said, Sybil's off. She's done. Thank you very much. And I said, that's a wrap for Sybil. I mean, oh, Sybil, go. Thank you. And she left. And we never mm. did the fight. I said, she'll die off camera. You know, I can't. <laughs> but wow. Sybil said to me, you know, I did. We did shoot uh, Wendy ripping off her costume. And right. I also, and then just for the hell of it, we shot a picture of her. We shot some footage of her firing the gun saying, die, bitch, die, or something like that. But then we decided not to use it because without a fight, I didn't mm -hmm. want it to look like she just shot the warden for nothing. You know what I mean? So yeah. we threw all that out and you never saw her and you never saw Sybil again. But several people said, whatever happened to Sybil? I think, you know, she figure she got arrested who knows but yeah but it wasn't no it wasn't that um uh the fight wasn't working she, she and she and uh actually the, the two guys couldn't come to terms and the actresses were standing around and sybil was saying well i should do this i should be able to do this i said you will but you have to lose you know you have to take a punch you have to take yeah. a fall did she not so, want to lose well she didn't she wanted it to be her fight you know and i said it wow. can't it has to be Wendy's fight. I said, this is yeah. where you end. So, right. Yeah. And then it's funny because I after that, she was wrapped. I didn't see her anymore. And then a couple of weeks later, we had the wrap party. And she was at the wrap party. And she gave me a gift. And I unwrapped it. It was a necktie, but it was a snake. <laughs> oh, do you still have that? Do you still have that in the box? Oh yeah, it's, and it's the actual snake with a head and with the tongue. You know, and all, you know. Oh, wow. wow, wow, I've worn it from time to time. You know, just as a joke. Who wears ties anymore? But no, I wouldn't throw that away. Yeah. Have you sure. have you spoken at all since that the rapper? Sure. Yeah, we, yeah. She came to me a, lot, a couple of times with scripts, wanting to do you know, uh, you know, I see if I'd be interested. But they were all they were bad girl, you know, action pictures. And I said, to well, yeah. that's over. You know, that was seventies. Nobody's making these pictures anymore. Nobody's going. You know, boys, they're, they're superheroes now, and Captain Marvel. They're not looking at girls in bikinis anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think she did one in Europe or something with mm. with. Uh, the girl that played um, the lead in Reform School Girls, they kind of chummed up and did something together. Okay, Linda Carroll. Yeah, we we talked, and then when I, when the uh, fellow was doing doing this book, he asked, and I contacted her, and she agreed to do an interview for the book. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, no, we, we weren't. I mean, we weren't enemies or anything, but it was just that day on the picture. I had I had to get her off the set because we would. It was like everything was stone cold stopped, and I couldn't move forward, and I needed to. So I said, "We'll just." She'll just die off camera and we won't see what happens. No, absolutely. And especially if you have all those lights outside yeah. and it's raining. It like a, you can't just sit around. And... You know, and I had all those other girls there and the judge and everything. I could, and everybody was standing around like, are we going to shoot? What's going on? I mean, we really we were down for about almost an hour yeah. of just discussions. Yeah. And I was pacing back and forth. And, you know. It was, um... And yet you still got the movie under budget. See, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so when you do the angel after angel then was right after angel is that when your your deal went up uh new world went up and uh and you it, did you go right into freddy's nightmares is that the next gig you got after angel about, yeah so what happened was uh my agent asked i was glad because to to do television you have to be in the dga i wasn't dga before 
So uh, when they called me to do Freddy's, I went in, I met the producers, uh, Jeff Freilich, who we're really good friends. I mean, all these years. And he said, I'll, I'll just sponsor you. I'll just, I said, okay. So he, I, you know, he had to pay. He had, it was like five grand, uh, which was a lot of money to join a union, but I thought it'll yeah. be worth it because what I'll make in the other end, you know. So I paid the money and, and he sponsored me and I, that was it. And then I worked steady and I did a lot of shows with Jeff. I did about six or eight Freddy's and then I did uh, 18 Dark Justice, which was Jeff's show. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. shot that down in Barcelona. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and you did uh, um, Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing, and I did uh, um, the Big Easy in New Orleans. Yeah, and I did She Spies, which was the last thing I did, and that was a Women in Prison. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! That's first. The first picture I did was Prison Girls, uh-huh. and then the last thing I did was an episode of She Spies, and it was Women in Prison. Yeah. Wow! What? Full <laughs> totally full circle. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Hard to finish, yeah. So that was my fourth women in prison picture. <laughs> and you enjoyed working in TV, right? Even though it's you know you. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, the work was fast. The money was good. The residuals were great. Yeah, yeah. No, I I like. I fell right into it. I liked it. Well, you know, it gave me a chance to shoot fast, which I was used to, and mm-hmm. quick. And I would edit the camera, you know, because years of doing that. When I was making those early pictures, I had no money at all, and I knew how to shoot. So that, you know, the editor would have just what he needed, which was me. I was the editor then. <laughs> I, you know, when, when I was doing television, uh, you know, I would just shoot that I knew just what the, you needed for the scene. And all, I didn't shoot a lot of coverage. You know, some guys go in and they shoot it from this angle, that angle, this thing. I thought, why are you putting the camera up there? Whose point of view is that? <laughs> you know, we had, we had one director on the on the show that he would just do these weird angles. And you, you never saw them in the episode. Right. You know? They would get cut out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like three or four seconds, the scene would open and you'd be in this weird angle and then you'd get back into the dialogue and you'd never see that shot again. And I think, why did you? And it would take three hours to set the camera up on a rafters or some crazy thing. Like that. <laughs> the I'm editor, the editor would never use it. The editor was yeah, like, I'm never. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, why would you, why would you go to a shot, you know, unless it's a bird looking in the window or something? <laughs> right. Whose point of view is that? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was television. that was different. You know, if you're doing something when you got a lot, to, lots of time, and you're going to be on the screen for ninety minutes or two hours, you know, but television, you were locked into an hour or less. You were locked into like forty-six minutes, you know, and you had to tell the story within those four. So, if you want to do anything fancy, do it in the middle of a dialogue scene because you know they won't cut it. You know, but these guys would go in and they'd shoot all this nonsense, and then it wouldn't even they'd cut right into the scene while they're talking. You know. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, did I know that it changes things for you when you join the DGA to do like movies? But did any movie come up at any point during the career when you you know? Well, cause... what happened was I I priced myself out of the low budget, yeah, you know, because Bruce Curtis, you know, used to call me all the time. I wish you were in DGA because I have this great script and you'd be great for it, but I can't afford you, you know, because it wasn't mm-hmm. just me. It was if you're a DGA, you had to have AD. Had to be DJ and the, and the production, I think, coordinator. You know, he had that the union was protected. There were like three or four people you had to hire, you know, that would mm-hmm. throw the budget way over. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I used to say, Bruce, I'll work for minimum. I don't care, you know, but it's got to at least be minimum. But uh, he, he couldn't do it. Yeah. <clears throat> he kept wanting to do a sequel to Hell Night. And he kept coming up with scripts. He had two or three scripts for Hell Nights, and Linda was going to be in one of them, but then not anymore. I don't know. So, I think yeah, it's so surprising that's never had a sequel or even a remake. You know, it's 
That's that's really surprising. Every time I talk to him, which is about once a year, <laughs> excuse me, he um he claims he's going to do it, you know, and he's got a script and everything. But I think just getting it off there, I would think it'd be easy to get off the ground nowadays. I mean, yeah, horror for sure. films. It's always a horror film, you know. And and, and that one is a that's a classic. That is yeah. an absolute classic. That one. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, I, I I adore Hell Knight. I think it's such a great film. So uh, I I'm it's kind of a shocker. That was, that was a nightmare to shoot. So <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it was all night shooting, you know, outdoors. Uh -huh. Yeah, mansion. Uh, we weren't allowed to go in. We had to shoot all around the grounds, and it was uh, November, and we was out in Redlands. It was freezing cold. Mm -hmm. Those kids were just wearing rags. You know, what I mean, they weren't mm -hmm. covered up. So we went, we were supposed to be two weeks in there and then two weeks on the stage and we ended up four weeks, so we went quite over budget, you know. But it, yeah. looked, it looked good in the end. So it did. Yeah, it looked great. It looks great. Mac did a great job. Yeah, um, Mac, Mac gave me. Uh, when you when you think back, just final question here, uh, unless you guys have anything. Um, when you think back to your time in New World, what what's what did what do you think of? What's what, like. Outside of maybe your office on the seventeenth floor, which I imagine had a great view, but what <laughs> what what is your prevailing memory of that time? Oh, when I was at New World. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, I I loved it because it was you know I had up until that point I had been doing low budget kind of grinder, you know, uh, low grindhouse stuff. Yeah. I was uh, a director. You know, I had a con I had a contract with a studio. I had an office. I had uh, and, and I had people there that were just letting me do what I wanted to do. I mean, within reason. You know, they said you got to do this the way you want to. Right. But I had uh, creative freedom, and I liked the people there. <clears throat> the only the only I have a funny story which I'll tell you quickly because we're wrapping up. It's that when I was doing. Um, film school rules and we were talking about casting the warden this was before sybil danning was uh thought of <clears throat> i suggested um ida lupino because she was still alive and yeah he knew who she was none of I, I said <laughs> i said ida lupino I said, we talked about who's, you know but they were but they were all younger than me they were like you know these people were all kids practically and i said right. well, your father would you know, and I, said, well, she, I said she made a career out of playing, you know, women's wardens. I said, I said she's a famous actress, and she was a director. And I said if we could get her out of retirement, I said she would be such a coup in this picture. Because yeah, I said anybody that you know, yeah. But they said, well, we never heard of her. We don't know. And so anyway, that was the only thing at oh, New what World. A shame. Like, these people. Oh, and then I had another book when I was trying to pitch them ideas and pictures I wanted to do. I said I read a great book. It was called "Cry to Heaven," and and uh, I said it's about you know it takes place in Italy. It's about the Castrati, and it's well. Can we get a spaceship in it? But I I was happy there. I was sorry when they went belly up because I was enjoying those two years. You know. Yeah. yeah, that that is great. Um, New World is such a uh, you know obviously we're fascinated by it and. Uh, uh, Tony Randall told us a great story because he did Godzilla 1985 and they were they were presented it to him like we just bought Godzilla this Godzilla movie we want to shoot extra footage like Corman did back in the 70s when he made Tidal Wave and he shot stuff with Lauren Green and he was like okay but what about Raymond Burr what if 
we got Raymond Burr and they were like, Oh, okay. Like they didn't know that Raymond Burr had been in the original American version of Godzilla. Like they didn't, they weren't. <laughs> they didn't know. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, weren't, they, they weren't film people, you know I mean? No, they were no. running the studio and they weren't film people. I mean, who, and if you're, you figure if you're in the movie business and somebody says, I Lupino, that would be like if I said Alfred Hitchcock and they would say who, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, right. Mm -hmm. right. You know, when you yeah. think movies, you think, you know, right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, for them to not know who that was is like yeah. oh uh, mm -hmm. oh <laughs> tough yeah, room there <laughs> and to bring in a spaceship in 16th century <laughs> Italy, you know. well but it could happen it could happen it could have happened i'll tell you i would have watched if you had directed that movie and it's 16th century italy and there's a spaceship and you directed it, really it. I would have watched the hell out of it. We'll land it right on the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Let's make it. Let's do it now. <laughs> uh, Tom, thank you so much. This was amazing. This was such a treat to get thank to meet you. you and talk with you about your career. This I was had a good time. It was good uh, meeting you all. Great meeting you. Me and thank you so much. This was this was terrific. And that's it. That is our interview uh, with Tom so Smoney. Can't believe we got to talk with him. That's so amazing. amazing that we did get to talk with him. It is very, very cool. Um, we also got to talk with him about Savage Streets. We got to talk with him about Hell Knight. But mm. I am disappointed we didn't dive into his Freddy's Nightmares episodes. Yes. Yes. We didn't get to talk to him about that. That's true. I feel like we could have talked... <laughs> He did a lot of them, and he I felt did. like we could have spent an entire episode on that alone. I know. That's why he did. He probably didn't bring it up because he know he could. <laughs> he, he, he could smell it on us. We stink <laughs> of that. We reek, and he was like, "I can't even bring it up." These or I'm look gonna, like a couple. They smell like a couple Freddy's nightmares nut yeah, bags. I'm not yeah. gonna bring that up. <laughs> I can't risk it. I'll be here That's all fair. night. That's yeah. fair. So That's fair. That was smart. He smart wasn't move. Wrong. He was not smart wrong. move, Tom. Tom, you were one step ahead oh, of us. Smart yeah. man. Thank you, Tom, so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you. Yeah, definitely. And just, I mean, he's made some incredible movies, some mm -hmm. real mm -hmm. classics. Mm -hmm. So uh, everybody, go out there, rent yourself, watch, stream. Do people rent anymore? I don't know. Stream, buy a, buy a Blu-ray of a Tom DeSimone movie. Maybe get Reform Schoolgirls. Maybe get Angel 3. Why not? Do it. It'll be worth your time. I think our parents still rent DVDs from Netflix. So maybe they. we should your parents. Your parents. Mine never even went that far. <laughs> <laughs> that was too much technology. That's too much for them. That was too much. <laughs> uh, but yes, absolutely. Watch a Tom DeSimone movie tonight and um, or today or tomorrow. Or tomorrow. Watch one. I mean... Because you, you you need to you need to have it in your life if you haven't already if it's if it's a rewatch it'll do you good so thanks again for listening we hope you enjoyed this interview we have uh, more episodes coming out next month is going to be Vampril where we will celebrate the movie Vamp and other movies named and with Pearl. Vamp in them. <laughs> <laughs> and and roll as well we'll celebrate roll <laughs> and so get ready for that thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on the new world pictures podcast bye everybody